0: Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Electrical Wholesaling Executive Insights podcast. I'm Jim Lucy, the Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling Magazine, and today I'll be speaking with Jim Johnson, the President and CEO of the National Electrical Manufacturers' Representatives Association. Jim has been at the helm of numbers since May 2019, and before that was a well-known industry executive who has worked on both sides of the rep and manufacturer marketing equation. Uh, Jim, welcome to EW Executive Insights why don't you kick off things by telling uh, our listeners a little bit about your electrical background and how it prepared you for your current post at Nemra?
1: Well thank you Jim for having me on on the the show here and appreciate the opportunity to speak to so many uh, talented people out there. Um, You know going back to my background I actually grew up in the industry. My father was an electrical contractor and I actually started carrying the tools at a young age in the warehouse so to speak. (laughs) Um, and when I uh, decided that I, I knew everything at that point, I, I decided I was going to get out of the electrical business and go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shortly after I graduated, I went into the uh, uh, manufacturing role, Ideal Industries. And from there, I went into the rep business for 18 years. And when I transitioned from the rep business to the manufacturing side, back to the manufacturing side, it was due to manufacturers and representatives, in my opinion, not understanding what each entity was doing and how they were doing it. So it gave me an opportunity to go back. So all in total, Jim, about 34 years of of industry experience, again, carrying the tools as an electrical contractor, being on the manufacturing side and also being on the representative side. It's prepared me very well um, due to the relationships that that I've been able to attain
0: through all those years and interacting with so many different folks. I noticed you're a graduate of Northern Illinois University. I think that they must have more electrical executives per 100 students than anywhere else I know. It must be. There Is there a specific program in that? There just seems to be a lot of folks in that area that went to that school that ended up with manufacturers all through the upper Midwest and beyond. Yeah, you're right, Jim. The, the
1: university puts out a lot of talent. And I look in the industry, there's a lot of people who have roots back to Ideal. Yeah. The, the, the program that Ideal has, they have a great mentorship program and they they really developed uh, the talent and they, they, they recruited from a couple of universities. Northern Illinois was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they put you through the, at the time it was, and I'm gonna date myself, the Xerox mm-hmm. Professional Selling Skills and oh, sure. Dick Diggler. And they really mm-hmm. do a good job of, of motivation and inspiration and in yeah. role-playing uh, out throughout in they had uh, I was very fortunate to have a professor, Richard Holland, who became one of my mentors. Uh-huh. He was very well known in, in the industry. And if you, mm-hmm. you had his course, in class, you you really got a firsthand experience from a business perspective, real life, how that was gonna impact uh, your marketing, your sales leadership skills. So the, the the whole program from start to finish was big on recruiting, big on motivating, big on developing talent.
0: Yeah, what were some of the other mentors that you had? You mentioned your dad was that been in the business a professor and I, I just know from your early years at Ideal, that's another kind of college of, electric, college of electrical manufacturing with the executives, that. Have, worked there, family owned, owned the company and all that. I want you to tell, tell our listeners a little bit about some of the people that made an impression and kind of gave the foundation for your current role. Jim, it sounds cliche. Most
1: people say it's the father or mother and it, it, it's no different here. My father was a tremendous influence on me. He taught me the business at a young age. And I, I, I look back now and, and I laugh now, but I wasn't laughing back then. But while most of my friends are out uh, playing ball or whatever, Dad had me uh, bending conduit in, in the garage doing offsets and saddles <laughs> because where I grew up in Chicago, conduit was used in the homes. In, oh, in gosh. The yeah. So dad was teaching me how to use the tools. Yeah. Um, and, and at the time, I was using the tools to bend conduit that he was actually going to bring out to the, the job site and install in the homes he was doing in some of the homes because <laughs> uh, he did both residential and commercial industrial. Uh, okay. So <laughs> he really, But he also taught me, outside of how to use the tools and how to uh, serve customers, he taught me the value of relationships. Mm -hmm. And and today I can look back and say, those relationships have got me where I am today. You can't go it alone. You you have to know what you know and understand what you don't and seek out those who can offer the guidance and support. And that was probably the biggest thing that, that dad brought to me. And when I look in terms of the industry, I, I had a tremendous uh, trainer, as you mentioned earlier, with Ideal Industries at Rick Ridner, Tremendous uh, supporter, uh, believed in, in you and pushed uh, to, to do things that you didn't think you could do. Uh, tremendous asset there. Um, in the agency business, I had a number of folks that just really uh, cultivated uh, understanding how to become the trusted resource on the representative side and understand how to take so many different brands to market uh, effectively in in providing solutions. So it's a combination, there's there's so many, but I would say my father and and Rick Ridner
0: at Ideal Industries were tremendous um, mentors. Mm -hmm. How does it, you know, with the experience of having worked for a rep, worked for large manufacturers, smaller manufacturers, almost in a way, it kind of seems like the ideal background for someone uh, to manage number and to kind of bring it into the future. How, how's that? How's that played so far in your uh, the years? It's almost two years now, I guess, that you've spent there. It, it's been a tremendous
1: advantage. You know, mm-hmm. Learning it from all different sides, understanding how a contractor works, what they need, mm-hmm. and and the reasons they need it, and then taking that to a manufacturer and helping them develop products that that the contractors need, whether it's labor-saving products the speed of products, getting it onto the job site and getting them off the job site effectively, and then going to the rep side of the world and understanding their role in (laughs) in their their local touches that they have and the value they bring by being locally involved with these contractors that they form relationships that go just beyond business and and they become that trusted resource, like I mentioned earlier. (laughs) Then you take that into manufacturers that are mid and large size and, and sometimes the value of the rep gets, gets lost in, in that local relationship, that local value. And the, be able to bring back to those manufacturers that perspective to say, here's how the representative fits in this role. Here's how the contractor views the representative and views you as a manufacturer. It really it, It's it given a, a great platform to build additional relationships and solidify
0: the ones that I've had having had the background there and seeing how the industry works from all the different angles. You know, we certainly have uh, reps, manufacturing and distributors been presented by quite a challenge with the uh, pandemic. What are some of the things, you know, you think could the member uh, community has learned from that, that they'll, once we get through this, all that, they'll be able to hopefully become more effective uh, selling organizations? Well, I think the first
1: thing we learned is that there's a tremendous value in relationships And the value of the representative goes beyond the face-to-face meetings. We always knew they had that value there. But all those years of working in the territory, all those handshakes they made, all those relationships they made came to the forefront when things were shut down, when manufacturers couldn't travel, when regionals couldn't travel, when suppliers couldn't travel, when all that happened, the local representative was pivoting very quickly they worked remotely all the time. They use technology all the time. We always had yeah. cell phones, <laughs> not always, but we had cell phones and iPads and the ability to use that technology. We just chose not to, yeah. but when the pandemic hit yeah. and folks are trying to figure out how to get in touch with the contractors, the installers and the users, the representatives reimagined. They they reinvented, they went out to job sites, they took their phones, their iPads, they contacted the regionals who then contacted internal people like product managers and quality uh, managers and say, I'm on a job site or I'm with the customer. Here's the issue. Let me show you, let me introduce you to the, to the customer and let's go through the product and and assess it right there. And traditionally those product managers and those quality assurance managers would not have traveled out to the territory. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big value they brought. And then to rethink how, we go forward, are we more effective now using some of this technology? And I think we are. So before a regional or a manufacturer gets on a plane to go to a territory to work with a representative, it may be just as effective to say, let's get on a, on a call or, or get on, online together and we can get other uh, important individuals on the call and do a, a troubleshooting visually or virtually, if you will, and be that much more effective
0: cost-wise and also responsive uh, to the customer. You know, when you when you take that and you layer that on top of some of the, kind of the some of the age old uh, challenges issues that reps always talked about. For uh, I've been covering the industry since the 1980s, and there's always been a lot of talk about 30 day contracts and warehousing and just the three legged stool of the distributor, rep, and manufacturer. How does that? Do you see anything you know evolving? You know, aside maybe on top or, or aside from the pandemic, how, how is that changing? How does it look? In the future, how do you think that whole basic triangle, uh, that triumvirate, I guess you might say, is, is changing? I, I think that the, the, the whole environment's
1: changed. The whole industry's been flipped upside down. And what we thought we knew, mm-hmm. we now realize maybe we didn't know it as well. It's mm-hmm. put everybody back to the table and what I call planning and proactively reimagining mm-hmm. their businesses. So mm-hmm. when we look at the marketplace, the, 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 the customers are, they're blending. Um, the definition of power is changing, how power is installed, how power service is changing. So when we look at contracts, when we look at the channel with mergers and acquisitions and everything, the dynamics that you've mentioned are happening, it's time to come back to the table and, and review those contracts that are out there that maybe haven't been reviewed and to drive the performance behavior that as a manufacturer, you want your representatives to have. But mm-hmm. as the representatives, as I coach them, to be mm-hmm. proud and comfortable with what they do and explain what they do. This is yes. a great opportunity. And mm-hmm. for all of them to come to the table and say, now we understand a little bit better the value maybe of what the local representative brings.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then let's, let's look at those contracts. Let's look at those contracts, pull them out and say, is it time to start doing performance metric or specific contracts, not a one size fits all, Mm -hmm. and sit down with those representatives and say, I want specification work here. I need training here. And Mm -hmm. now you weave those elements into the contract and they become very specific Mm -hmm. to the behavior you want, to the results you need in the local market that you're looking into. And we we offer that at Number. We have a a nice Mm -hmm. template that we put together that has a, a, a contract for negotiating agreements. And it really is an open template that encourages the manufacturers, represent representatives sit down together as partners and understand that the, the, the closer they can hone in and what it is they want and what it is the representative can produce, they'll have a stronger partnership in that and yeah. they'll have a, 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 a what I would call a, a probably
0: a more successful um, mm-hmm. partnership in terms of sales and revenue. I like that, and it really plays into that term used a bit before about reimagining, reimagining, re- re-engineering, reimagining the relationship there. How about on the distributor side? I mean, everybody knows huge amounts. There's a constant march of acquisitions. You know, rep always. The, the, big strength, that local role. How is that, how do you see that? If you have to reimagine the uh, rep distributor relationship, how is that gonna be changing? I, I did notice on the, uh, the agenda for the uh, upcoming member uh, conference, you've got some great, got really some great uh, speakers there from the distributor side to kind of get the that perspective.
1: Yeah, you, you nailed a great point, Jim. That mm-hmm. with, with the environment the way it is, it was time to start engaging uh, all three legs of the stool. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time in history that NEMR will have uh, leaders from both the channel distribution, as well as the end user, the contractors together, speaking and engaging with our representatives and manufacturers. At the end of the day, representatives uh, are serving the customers through their manufacturers. And together they're serving those, uh, those partners, the channel being the distribution and the contractor. So by having them in the conference, we get to hear firsthand what it is, the dynamics that are changing in, at the channel. What's going to be required to to meet with them and how are their engagement practices going to be different going forward? Same for the contractor segment, industrial Mm -hmm. segment. So it's great to have them give us their thoughts Mm -hmm. and and hear it collectively. It's not just where you go to an NEAD meeting and you hear a distributor manufacturer and then you come to NEMRA and have a manufacturer and a rep. Now there's a chance on this platform to have everybody hear the same message. There's no... Differences or interpretations that can get lost in transition or in communicating it, they are together. And I think the industry is realizing the better engaged and connected we are, the more successful we'll be with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to, to, with all the dynamics changing, yeah. it's critical that we understand what it is each segment needs mm-hmm. to success, successfully, easy for me to say, successfully see the manufacturers products and serve the representative uh, as well
0: mm-hmm. you know with that you know with never it, it seems like more than ever you you've have a, a really a, a changing maybe a, a more diverse mix of size of companies got you've got the fledgling company maybe just starting off someone you've got the mid the kind of the traditional, the local, maybe regional. You've got some really large ones too. Not quite national, but a pretty good chunk even of the total U.S. economy when you see some of the regions that these companies cover. How, how do you as an organization, are they asking for different uh, resources from them? Or? Our membership is very diverse uh, yeah. to your point. We
1: have, we have small, medium and large and we obviously different uh, makeups of, of those models. The, the, the needs are pretty similar, but all the needs um, when you look at them, they're different, so the level of of mm-hmm. the agency isn't necessarily indicative of the quality of the agency, or, or, or vice versa. Yeah, sure. You're really impressed to the manufacturers and the representatives alike that, mm-hmm. you know, be proud of what you are and what mm-hmm. resources you have, mm-hmm. but be sure to engage with Nemra. Um, being a member of Nemra allows you an opportunity to to contribute to the success of the association, to to have an investment into the association into developing the tools and the resources need that maybe some representatives on the smaller side need more so than -hmm. some of the other ones, but even the large ones, they need resources. And the bottom line, they all need networking. They Mm -hmm. all need professional development. They Mm -hmm. all need education advancement. As I tell our members, if we're not investing in our people and talent development, we're not investing in education, we're falling behind. So whether you're large or small or medium, The education part is big, and we're trying to pull that education and talent development piece together by doing collaborative sessions. So we bring in manufacturers and representatives to work side by side together in these training developments so they really get to understand what it is, their strengths, where their opportunities lie.
0: I guess is it kind of similar on the manufacturer side? I mean, you have everyone, you've got everything from the uh, manufacturer who's been using reps probably from day one of NEMRA. Then they, on the other extreme, you've got some you got manufacturers who might be their first time with a booth at the showcase of services, and they're really just building the rep network. So they probably have a pretty eclectic mix of uh, needs or, or resources from them as well. Yeah, and, and that's a that's another
1: thing we've we've really done. We've re- reimagined and transformed them. But listen, at the at the start of two thousand twenty, we had big plans. We had plans yeah. to transform <laughs> to begin with. And that was taking the the findings of the 2020 rep of the future study Mm -hmm. and building that out um, to launching a new brand etc and all those plans were there we're excited about them but the when the pandemic hit it actually gave us a chance to go back and reflect on why we're in business to begin with Mm -hmm. and that is to serve all of our members Mm -hmm. and there are different needs and and to develop those tools and resources for those folks and, and to really meld them together and say know there is something here for everyone Mm -hmm. and if there's not something here for you and you need it you have the platform to do it yeah we have so many committees we've chartered so many new committees we're broadening the engagement of our members to get more members involved so we can hear more of what needs to be done and then go back to the board and back to our committee members and ask what is the priority and then establish the resources and the fiscal responsibility to go get those and then bring those forth to
0: the members. Yeah let's drill down into one of the uh, manufacturer segments that I think pro- possibly seen as many or more changes than anything else and that's the lighting business and there's always a long history of lighting and lighting reps and are they number are they not number where do you see that all going for the association?
1: You know lighting's been a topic uh, for a long time as you mentioned and yeah. it's it's gravitating. We, we see a number of number of representatives that are getting into the lighting because of some of the products that lend themselves to the channel on the shelf space per, per se. We see a number of agencies diversifying their organizations, getting more technically astute, and also developing uh, divisions within their, their their organization that are focused on lighting and becoming lighting specialists, lighting experts. And, and there's a there's a big Uh, change when you have mergers and acquisitions you look at some of the manufacturers that are traditionally industrial and they get into the lighting realm Um, and and our our value proposition at NEMRA is how do we get the resources to make sure that our representatives are prepared to take that uh, product mix to market because Mm -hmm. they have the relationships Mm -hmm. the same customers are using those products can we give them the level of expertise can they find the resources locally and internally to provide that level of expertise. So I I continue to see, again, the blurring of of the verticals where the the NEMA representative provides as much or more value than anybody out there. Mm -hmm. And the manufacturers are realizing that as they merge and and acquire, there's a a value to having a closer knit group, what I call independent representatives Mm -hmm. out there that you can train and pull Mm -hmm. together, whether it's at our conference, with any one of our professional development opportunity and educational
0: sessions, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been pretty amazing. And when you think of the sizes, of some of the uh, manufacturer acquisitions and some of the lines of some of the never reps uh, very recently are picking up on a company like a Signify, that were just a gigantic. I, I couldn't, I lost count of how many different brands that they and yet some of your you know, more pro, some progressive number of members are taking been able to grab hold of a piece of that. Any um, do you get a lot of questions from you know? Big part of the lighting industry is so many new players, and there's always new new companies coming in. Do you get uh, uh, reps asking for assistance on evaluating these new vendors on what they should be looking for? Because some some of the stuff is new technology that can change very very fast, or and some of it requires quite a bit of technical assistance. Are you getting uh, questions from your number, from your members on uh, how to evaluate?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should sure do it, it. It is a it's a it's a, a field that's dynamic. It's changing rapidly, as you mentioned, and. We gather a lot of input from from our board, from our committees, mm-hmm. from our strategic advisory council, mm-hmm. and what those initiatives are. And we do uh, have a nice process of vetting out uh, manufacturers to make sure: number one, they understand the role, of the representative; number mm-hmm. two, they're committed to the association, uh, which is Nemra; and, num- mm-hmm. and number three, that they 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 have a, the same vision or mission uh, values that we have, which you know really are. are about advocating for the NEMA representative, Mm -hmm. high integrity, high ethical standards, and making sure they're here, not just today, but going forward tomorrow. What we don't want to do is bring in manufacturers who have poor quality, or poor delivery, or poor service, or poor understanding of the model, uh, compensation model, or how Mm -hmm. to uh, to work with representatives, and also to bring in manufacturers that may only be here for a couple, uh, a year or two, because it these representatives invest their time, their mm-hmm. resources to develop markets for these manufacturers, and if they're not here in a year or two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you can't replace yes. all that that's been that's been invested in the territory for that. Yes. So we really we have an, a good process in terms mm-hmm. of making sure that they fit, yeah. and that our members need them, mm-hmm. and there's a
0: commitment for longevity mm-hmm. and partnership. Yeah. But kind of a related uh, question too on that. If I, I, um, How about you know, with new product launches? Is there anything, does that add anything new? Reps have always had to be expert at uh, launching products into the market, how, figuring how much time to invest, how much to train. Anything new going on as far as launching a new lighting product versus that might be an additional challenge versus launching in some of the other many product areas that they uh, carry? Um, I don't know that it's any
1: different. I think there's, you know, the, the, a lot of manufacturers are looking for, for that growth and new product development is, is obviously a great avenue for that. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the success of the new product is understanding the market it's going into, whether it's lighting or any other product. What is mm-hmm. the customer needs? What's the application? Can you provide a product that from a feature and benefit perspective uh, is valuable to the customer? And then are you making sure that you're giving the resources, the tools, the training to educate your sales organization to go out there and effectively identify, uh, once they've identified them, uh, fill that and become the solution provider with that resource that you've you've brought to the marketplace. So I don't know that it's any different, any product wise. It's just, again, making sure everybody understands. And and we get involved. We have have a number of committees that Mm -hmm. we're getting involved with the, the end users as to what they need. And we're bringing that back to the membership, whether it's in white papers, resources, um, and you'll see a whole new um, use of the the digital world. I I think it was tremendous uh, what we learned, what we could do in the digital space uh, through this pandemic. And we'll see different uh, resources enabling us to quicker engage with the customers, understanding what they want. And that should accelerate some product development or product uh,
0: enhancements. Uh, across the across the board, have you seen many? You know, there's always been a. I wouldn't say necessarily a divide or a fence between the, the lighting rep, the spec rate lighting rep, and the number rep. Are you seeing many more of the lighting reps kind of peeking peeking over the fence and saying, "Geez, maybe number that thing seems like that does work in this new market environment. That does." You see any different interaction there that maybe we have not seen in the past? We do. We we see we see a number
1: of lighting representatives that. Um, are, are starting to get in some of the channels that were traditionally the electrical industrial side. And, yeah. and when, they, when they get in there, they see the value of what the association brings. And the number one thing that we bring is that networking aspect. Sure. And a yeah. lot of those folks don't have that, that networking aspect. Um, but beyond that, it's it, outside of the networking, it's a chance to get involved in the association on any of our committees and, and have a voice. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that really helps them yeah. Under, yeah. us yeah. understand them better Mm-hmm. And then also helps us provide the resources to help them succeed yeah.
0: as well. Hey, any any thoughts? There's been, or just, just in the past year alone, there's been some pretty large uh, rec- mergers in the lighting field, too. There are some pretty good sized regional players I've noticed uh, and in the Carolinas that happen to be a couple down south there. Uh, that changed the dynamics of, I know those agencies have changed because some were a pretty traditional electrical product and then they took on a pretty exciting, you know relationship with the uh, lighting anything do you see anything more do you see see more of those happening or where do you think that'll play out on the uh, rep merger uh, front
1: yeah I I think we're going to see a continuing trend we've seen it in the other channels as as you know as well we've seen that evolution of mergers and acquisitions and whatnot Mm -hmm. and as I tell all of our members there's good that comes out of this as well it's Mm -hmm. not that just the big get bigger and the small get smaller there's opportunities for everybody so When we get new, uh, when we get mergers and acquisitions, we get new input into the association, into what we do, new insights, we learn new things. It helps us develop and keeps us at the forefront. And and I hate to say the word relevant because we're relevant, but as we move forward to new generations, their term, their definition of relevant may be different than the historical terms that maybe some of us have had before. So as we get into new technologies, as representatives merge, we start seeing different input. um, And I think it's very valuable. And when that happens, there's always opportunity for other agents because when mergers happen, there's always conflicts that weren't there before that now Mm -hmm. present themselves Mm -hmm. And to our representatives. We say, this is when your branding becomes valuable. Mm -hmm. Have you made it clear what you do, what your strengths Mm -hmm. are, what your coverage is and how you do it? Because Mm -hmm. those manufacturers that have the, the conflict they're gonna be in search for a representative to fulfill sure. that need. So
0: with the mergers comes opportunities as well. Kind of as we kind of shift to take a look at the future for number and your board, I know you're always rethinking and where you see, what are some of your key goals that you've set up over for the next couple of years for uh, what have you been tasked with as an association? Well, well number one, the first thing that, that
1: was on my agenda was create a, a holistic conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, and develop a strategy around it. And that you're seeing the first steps of it this year, albeit virtual, but you're seeing for the first time we're bringing everybody together to share Mm -hmm. and to to help each other become more successful. That's Mm -hmm. number one. Uh, Number two is reimagining the conference. Um, You know, how do we we stop it from becoming just a a meeting, uh, just a meeting? We want that networking. We want that that professional development education piece in Mm -hmm. there we want it to become something that not just is a uh, opportunity to meet with your peers, but to develop your peers, engage. So yes. Whether it's emerging leaders, whether it's mm-hmm. a, a empowering women movement that we were working with, with, with Kathy Jovan, and we're, we're looking at mm-hmm. that as on our association as far as developing that talent and then bringing it all together and, and becoming more diverse and being a broader reach into the marketplace. It's a tremendous opportunity for everybody. And I think from a strategic point of view, it makes Nemra, Nemra's got a great base to build upon because of our membership.
0: Sure.
1: And the more we broaden that net, mm-hmm. the more we get more engagement across whatever mix a group of people and businesses we can, the mm-hmm.
0: better we become at
1: serving them and understanding what their needs are.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of plays right in. There's some there's an observation I had. I know for the last couple of conferences, I feel like I there's always it always seemed like numbers been a changing. There's always people retiring, merging, and but I, I, it seems like over the past year or two, it's like there seemed to be a, a even more of a mix of younger folks coming into the business, taking over, attending the one-on-one meetings, taking a more active role. So it's a it's a great uh, source of strength, also a source a challenge as well, just to kind of rethink, and re-educate them on uh, on Nemo, I would think, yeah.
1: You know, and Jim, on know, note, I'm really proud of our membership. Um, mm-hmm. Our membership has engaged and embraced diversity. They've engaged and embraced youth. Um, mm-hmm. They've engaged and embraced uh, just new technology. And we're all coming together, understanding that the more we share with one another, the stronger mm-hmm. we become. And it kind of goes into, we're, we're launching our, our new brand. And part of our brand is our logo. Mm-hmm. And, and we've launched it with, with, the, the colors blue and green and with the chain, mm-hmm. with the belief that the partnership, the chain mm-hmm. is the partnership that binds our members together. And mm-hmm. when they do come together and really work across the table to support one another and any mm-hmm. of the efforts that we mentioned, that mm-hmm. chain goes from blue to green, which represents the profitability that everybody wants to have yeah. as a partnership. Everybody's in business to be profitable, mm-hmm. but every business, is every partnership, has to be successful in terms of
0: understanding each other needs to get there. Have, um, if we sat down for another Q&A, uh, you know, another couple, two or three years, I think the discussion would you, what are some of the things we might, uh, hard to look at the future, but what kind of things do you think have never had evolved? You've accomplished the goals that you've set out for right now, as you said, and then what's the next, what's the next tier after that? Would you see if you're able to look, look down the road a little further?
1: You know, I I just think, you know, when you start talking about technology, artificial intelligence, um, how we're gonna, how processes are gonna change, how logistics are gonna change, change how how the supply chain is going to evolve. I think it's all going to lend into our adaptability. Can we adapt to the right technology? Do we have the means to, as an association, to pull together people on mutual platforms so that we can effectively work together and maximize these new technologies, the efficiencies that come from them and working together to successfully serve the marketplace faster, quicker, better, and also engage in new products that are gonna result in labor savings that we don't even recognize today, but we will find with these technologies. So I think the pace at what we're going to see, the change is only gonna accelerate. It's exciting. It's gonna keep us on our toes at points back to the importance of collaboration, of having a number of people involved, uh, broadly uh, spreading that net over the membership to get input because there's no one individual, no one manufacturer, Mm -hmm. no one representative that is going to know everything. Mm -hmm. So by getting everybody involved and also embracing those those groups, uh, the the emerging leaders, as I mentioned in the diversity and and Mm -hmm. inclusivity We will be able to capture the technology and the resources we need on the front end Mm
0: -hmm. and get
1: ahead of these things rather than react. I like to
0: say we want to be proactive rather Mm -hmm. than reactive. Oh Jim, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on number. Where where do you see going? It's going to be an interesting year going ahead. An interesting couple of years down after that. So I appreciate all your your help with uh, giving us a little better insight to that. Thanks for listening to this episode of. EW Executive Insights with Jim Johnson with Nemer. You can find Electrical Wholesaling's other podcasts at ewweb.com. From EW Associate Editor, Ellie Coggins at the Audio Control Panel, Jim Lucy. we thank you for your time today.